Hello and welcome my partners in crime and welcome to another, this I think is the fourth one, or the third one, I can't remember now because it's been a while since we've done these murder mornings, but it's, you know, it's really, I think a really good part of it because one, I can look through your, um, you know, comments and stuff like that and there's been loads and I try and put them all together and try and answer some of the questions in, in one big bulk. So, um, you know, of course we've had a so much haven't we come back on um <laughs> you know colin uh, pitchfork's case you know otherwise known now as david Volpe and maybe even known as something else and a lot of the questions on indecent exposure and stuff like that and how he got away with it and different things there's a few questions about him there is also now as i said before i'm going to bring up about this wayne cousins and also how um this relates now also uh, into our society, society at the moment where we've had so many indecent exposure cases um, coming up and this has been really highlighted since the murder of Sarah Everard um, and uh, of course and we all know now who murdered her was a serving police officer so um, there's a lot gonna we're going to discuss a lot about that um, I think with the other ones, you know, the updates, it's um, with Terry and, and that that has passed away. And yes, it was very, very sad. And um, uh, Stephen Port's case uh, is an ongoing because the inquest is ongoing. So it sort of be general updates on him. There's nothing really much this week that's come up a bit against him. And also the Clydic murders, that was uh, where Di Morris had died in prison. So that was the updates. But today I really want to focus on the questions and your... And your comments that you've made in relation to uh, the uh, Pitchfork case and um, you know the murder of Sarah Everard's case. Uh, next week if you want to start getting your questions ready that we're going to talk about um, the disappearance or the unsolved cases and um, there's a lot of them but the unsolved cases in this case that we're going to really probably discuss and have questions on and stuff like that are Lee Boxall case um, and then I think the case that I'm going to release out this Friday, uh, tomorrow, which is the Kevin Hicks case, and that's also included in that is Ruth Collins' case. Um, and then in relation to all that, where they're all linked together um, with Lee Boxall's case. So that's sort of for next week. So this week we're just going to really concentrate on um, Pitchfork and um, Cousins and them sort of things, the things around the Met Police and the new advice that Met's Police has brought out and all that. So thank you for joining me this week. Let's get on with it and let's see what you've actually said in your comments. And uh, as I said, I cannot answer every single comment. I can't respond to every single comment in this murder mornings. But what I've done is generalised all the questions. And as you can see, I'm on my own because I have seen Taylor today. Um, and Taylor has a new flat and everything else. So love her she's really um busy with that but also you know you can't feel too sorry for her because she's off to santorini this weekend so that's why she's not here today and um so i'm on my own so i'm actually going to have to look for someone else i think to do um murder mornings with me because i do like to have two people with this because it's, it's difficult to go through the questions and stuff so i've sort of generalized all the questions for you also Lovely to see my um, nephew on there, Connor, and hello, Connor, because he, he really watches uh, this channel and supported this channel, Have as had many, many of you um, in the year that we've been going. So thank you to all the members that have been with me right 
from the beginning I really appreciate it and I think we're nearly up to about 11,600 now as today and we are continuing to go up as we produce more and more um, cases plus I've also started as you can see if you're with me on Facebook that um, I've also started to do clips of the videos on Facebook so it's not just the thumbnail and it's not just about the writing I take some clips out the video and um, I've started to do that and I think that's actually going really well the other thing is um, you know I'm still learning okay I still do all my own editing so I do everything really and um, so I'm still learning this Premiere Pro and all this stuff and there's probably loads on there that I need to do and I don't do so bear with me for that it will only ever get better so let's go for this let's start with the first question loads of you said about him exposing himself to over a thousand women now listen when I first researched this case or well, a good few years ago I first researched this case and then went back over it and back over it until I then done the video and then everything else I actually think I made a mistake and I think actually in that video I think I said a hundred at the time um, because I actually think that I, I think that they I thought they'd made a mistake when they wrote um, that he himself had said that he had exposed himself you know to over um, a thousand women that is actually true you know it wasn't a misprint it wasn't something you know even though I thought it was at first it was not um, you know he uh, uh, Pitchfork has said himself um, over a thousand women and he'd been doing indecent exposure for a very very long time now when I spoke about indecent exposure within the within the video of um, Pitchfork and stuff um, you know it's, it's a really important part of this case of any of any case when anybody does anything like indecent exposure it's really important that the police take it really seriously very early on now listen when i was young and you know i'm quite old and um you know we had benny hill and all this sort of stuff and he used to you know run around i don't know if you ever uh, a lot of the younger ones wouldn't know anything about benny hill but years ago he was a comedian he used to have little clips on his show and he used to run around flashing himself to women as a joke and I think this is in our society what's give us this impression that it's okay to you know expose yourself to women um, it's it's not right it, it's really not and then in this case it's like a lot of people and a lot of people on um, the, the questions have said how do you get away with it so long well really it wasn't a criminal offence I think until 2003 not really so and, I, and I, as I said, I think it's in our psyche, isn't it? Is it that, you know, I am brought up with things like Benny Hill. I've never been flashed at personally. I've, well, yes and no. Um, you know, would I be afraid of someone indecently exposing themselves to me? Um, I would be shocked. I'd be horrified. Um... But I, you know, and it, and I think it depends in which context the person was doing it as well, right? To someone like me, I'm an older person who, you know, has lived a bit of life and, you know, does these cases all day long. But I would be concerned and I would report it, absolutely. Because if a person is doing this sort of a crime to you, there's a reason behind it. There's a reason. 
It's not just because he thinks it's a joke, right? He wants to shock you. He wants to have power over you. And I've said this before, you know, this flashing where he's showing his genitals and all this at you, it's, a, it's telling you, he's telling you, I'm more powerful than you, sexually. I'm in control. I'm shocking you. I'm making you feel uncomfortable. And that's not right. So if anyone, because, you know, and there's been loads of them, we'll go through the statistics in a little while, and just last year, um, has been um, flashed or decently exposed, however you want to call it, you must report it. I wouldn't say respond to these people in any way. I would just ignore and walk off if you can. Um, I wouldn't respond to them. I know some people do. And some people, because sometimes it's such a shock, it's that what comes out of your mouth at the time. You're, you're literally calling them everything. Now, that could be me. Uh, you know, if it, they took me really by surprise. But I would suggest that you would just carry on and uh, try and walk away and get away from that situation. Because people like Colin uh, Pitchfork are dangerous individuals. Now we don't know if Colin Pitchfork had done anything before. We just don't know, right? When it comes to murder, we don't know. Um, until the two girls that you murdered, we don't. We just don't know. But just it's, it's sometimes it's an escalation from one thing to another. But sometimes it's something that's done in between other crimes that they have undertaken. So you don't know. You don't know what these people are really like, right? So with, with um, Colin Pitchfork, he was charged with two murders. And he was not charged with indecent um, exposure of over a thousand women, because at the time he was doing it, it wasn't actually an offence to do it. Um, nowadays, he would have been, right? So in the UK, the law is, and it's a sexual, under a sexual offence, is that 2003 is indecent exposure is outlined as an intentionally showing of your genitals in a public area in order to cause alarm or distress. Indecent exposure is categorized as a crime or a specific, specific um, intent. This means that in all in in cases where someone's genitals are exposed uh, it must be done with the intention, for example, the offence would not have been committed if someone was simply urinating in a public place, um, even though that is an offence, comes under something different, but it wouldn't be indecent exposure because the motive for him, that person to urinate, wouldn't be to alarm or cause distress it would be to relieve himself. He should have known better, and there is other offences that will deal with that crime, but it wouldn't be classed as, um, you know, ex uh, indecent exposure. So, but that, that's what it is, it's about, and this is where the law gets quite tight on this, because sometimes, you know, men or women do have to relieve their self, and, you know, if everyone was being done, because when you have this on your record now, indecent exposure, 
it can be quite a big thing okay and it does hold a um, prison sentence really as well so you can't just put people in prison because they really was desperate for a wee and they've been seen you know having a wee and uh, they've been done then for indecent exposure so it has to be to cause alarm or distress in the person that they are doing it to now there's things in the law called you know aggravated um, factors might for the offence um, of decent exposure in the UK now these are threatening to prevent a victim from reporting the crime so as I said you're trying to walk away or on your phone ringing the police and the perpetrator who is exposing himself to you then tries to stop you ringing the police that's an aggravating factor intimidating or threatening uh, behavior as well as the indecent exposure itself a victim who is under 18 because if you're under 18 you are a child in the eyes of this law lot lot different then and um, uh, the sustained um, course of this behavior so how long it went on for how many times now Colin Pitchfork would be in a lot of trouble if he was you know <laughs> indecently exposed himself over a thousand times and I think the final one is has to be really is when you're when they are targeting someone so if you're indecently exposing yourself to people that are maybe vulnerable, people that are, you know, um, can't really defend themselves, can't walk away, can't look away, right? There's more, that's an aggravating factor and that then uh, makes that really um, a lot different. So what are the sentences and guidelines for this indecent exposure today in the UK, not in the, you know, 80s when um, he was going around doing it? So the offence for indecent exposure carries a maximum penalty of two years. That would be per exposure, really. Hopefully, the judge would see it that way. However, depending on the specific circumstances of the case, many offenders are given community orders instead, uh, which does make them then subject to the um, sexual offences um, notification requirements, otherwise known as the Sexual Offenders Register. So if you are indecent exposing yourself and you are caught and you are then given a penalty of two years or then you are, um, rather than doing that, then you are put, you will be placed not only on, you know, um, community orders and stuff like that to help in the community. Uh, you will be then put on the sex offenders register. This now is what should have happened to Wayne Cousins. Now remember that because Wayne Cousins, the murderer of um, Sarah Everard, was doing indecent exposure before and a few days before he murdered Sarah. So remember that as we talk about this, you know, um, indecent exposure and the seriousness of it. So can you just get a caution for indecent exposure? And a lot of people have asked that. You know, is it just... Um, you know right going in seriously no no sometimes right they may say oh you know they've been caught and it's like oh sorry oh I was having a wee or I didn't mean to you know and so the police may think okay there's not enough evidence to charge them with indecent exposure but so they caution them and if then they do it again then that then crime will come back when that charge will then come back and then this is um you know and, the, and as I said there can't be any aggravating circumstances 
or factors that then come into that. That's when a caution is given. Uh, and uh, you really, I think if anyone is charged, even with now, because today at this present time, um, indecent exposure is big news, all right? And it is going to be um, hot on the police's list, really, now. So if you are charged with indecent exposure and it is your first time, I would suggest you get a solicitor now and um, uh, at the first instance now because um, even if it was a mistake, you're now going to have to really prove that it was a mistake because the police and society as we see it at the moment is probably not going to let you um, get away with it anymore. So there's that. So do you have to sign the sex offenders register? We talked about that. In certain circumstances, yes, you do. Um, you could, it depending on, I think, how many times, you know, would, would I have said that Colin uh, Pitchfork would have had to sign a sex offenders register? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just for literally for the amount of um, expo um, indecent exposure that he did. Absolutely. But that's not always the case. And it's probably done, um, well, you know, if, you know, if you hit one of them aggravating factors, then absolutely you would probably be on the sex offenders register, but not maybe for the whole 10 years or, you know, lifetime, it may be a year or two. It will depend on each case. But yes, and um, let me tell you now, is that if you're on that sex offenders register, that will then affect the rest of your life anyway. So, you know, I think in this country, we've got to get really serious on offences against women. We have to get really serious on offences like this and decent exposure. We have to try and change our mindset to what we think about um, indecent exposure. It is not a joke. It is a criminal offence under the law. It damages people and it is one of the triggers, I think, or, or you know, you can see this now in, in many of these um, serial killers and killers that have exposed themselves or done indecent exposure before and during and in the time or gaps when they haven't murdered, they have indecently exposed themselves um, to women. Now, <laughs> um, we have had many, many streakers, you know, on our football pitches, this, that and the other, and of women. So listen, it is not an offence to be naked in public in England, right? Not a, not a specific offence, but as I keep saying to you, the law is not straightforward. There is no straight line with the law uh, in England and Wales, but it does become an offence if it can be proved that the person who was stripped off was intention was the intention to upset or shock. Right? If that was their intention, to shock and upset people, you know, to set alarms off really in people, you know, um, then that then becomes under the law and that is indecent exposure. So the law, as I said, fickle, isn't it, the law? It's never straightforward. And this would be the same in other countries, including America. Because um, you, you can't have static laws. You have to have laws that flow so you can, you know, use the law um, in a certain way to cover everything or else statutes would be absolutely massive. So the law is down to interpretation. That's what it's down to. And you have statutory interpretation and that's really what it's all about. So we have laws and I think society nowadays, as it was different in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, now 
indecent exposure would not be acceptable in our society. It would not. Okay, question two. And I laughed myself because I read this question and it was coming up a lot, this question. Why did the parole board let Pitchfork out after he'd murdered two girls? Um, <laughs> it's hard to answer, isn't it, really, that question? Because I wasn't on the parole board. Because if I was, he wouldn't have gone out. But, you know... Could I just give a straight-out answer? They're wankers and they don't know what they're doing and they have took no account of the families involved in these murders. They took no account of how the public may feel about what's going on. I don't think they've got any understanding of how the public has changed um, in this time and how we feel about murderers uh, who has murdered two 15-year-olds. A murderer that has murdered two 15-year-olds by rape and murder um, has been let out. I don't know. And if I could answer that question, I think if anyone could answer that question with any clarity, good for them. But I certainly can't because I just don't bloody understand it. I think we live in England, which tries to be this politically correct, you know, oh, he's, you know, changed. Listen, I've said in the case, there was no women in prison for him to expose himself to. There was no women in the prison, young girls, 15-year-olds, for him to get hold of and rape. So in them circumstances, anyone can look like they've reformed, can't they? He kept himself to himself. He had three meals a day. He was protected by the guards. He was a, you know, exemplary, you know, uh, member of the community in the prison for the years he was in there. Well, that's because he didn't want to be murdered by other prisoners. For what he'd done that's why he was exemplary all right that's it that's it and then i've had some questions well how do you know he hasn't shown remorse well because he didn't he's never shown any remorse he said he killed the girls because they screamed wanted to shut them up he could have raped and left them right all right rape's terrible but they could have had a life these kids were 15 15. This man has never shown any remorse for his crimes at all. Now, I wasn't in the room. I can tell you now, the police officers and the other people that were in them, even the guards in this prison, this man has never shown remorse. It's not me saying this. I don't make these things up, right? This is what people have wrote that know him, that's seen him, that's been in these parole boards. They, they know. I mean, does it really make any difference if the man bloody had remorse anyway? really, for what he's done. He's took the lives, willingly took lives of two children. Children, 15-year-olds, innocent girls. Had the whole life to live ahead of him. So who cares if he showed remorse or not? What difference would it have made? These girls are never coming back. This family's never getting their kids back. This family's had to live with this, their deaths, all their life. They're the ones that's got a life sentence here. He should have got a life sentence and he's been let out. They've let him out. I've got no like at all for the parole board in this country. I mean, if you watch a lot of my videos, you'll know I slate them left, right and centre. And you know, I'm bloody justified, I think, by my reasoning with this parole board. I really am. I really am. Do I think Marul's room also has got anything to do with it? No. 
No. And at the moment, right, let's go back now to the next question, is that we all know, or people have said he's in Portsmouth, he's here, he's there. I heard that he was now not there um, because he has been moved because of vigilante groups. Now, that's not vigilante, group, vigilante groups from anyone that we've done anything about. This is because he's been put in a, um, you know, prison sort of hostel, which gets him you know, back into the public, right? So he can be monitored and watched. I think when Colin Pitch Falkor, you know, whatever he wants to call his name, David Falkor, whatever he's calling himself now, thought that coming out of prison, right? These people fight to come out of prison. He chose to go to the parole board and fight to get out. But what they don't realize, these prisoners, is especially ones that do murders like this, is when you are released out, you're released out many, many years later into a society that has changed. We are now digital. Everything is online. We know everything about everybody. And they don't seem to get this. They think they can come out of prison and just be left alone to do what they want to do. Listen, human beings don't work like that. Actually, I think, you know, we're quite an aggressive society really and so it's really important that i think these these criminals understand that when they're going to these parole boards what do they expect when they come out the police cannot protect them 24 hours a day they can't they really can't now the worry about pitchfork in these places is that now we would be under tremendous stress Okay, tremendous stress. One, because the stress of living out in, you know, 2021 in a world that hates you and doesn't want you in it, really, right? That's one stress. The other stress is you've now got to live out. You haven't got that protection of what you had for all them years in prison. Now, the problem is with stress, it's a trigger. It's one of the triggers. And a lot of these you know, uh, murderers are triggered by stress. So if Colin Pitchfork or David Falk, whatever he's called, is under that much stress, it may trigger him to do something else. So that's why I would never say if I knew where um, he was. And as I said to you before, I don't care as long as he is being managed and he cannot get close to any children. Do I believe that out there he can be managed no and but it is a worry that now that this man is under this tremendous stress listen the local authority is going to have to house him somewhere you know his own flat or something to keep this man safe he's going they're going to have to they're going to have to do something um listen i don't think this is the last we've heard of this man at all i really don't and do i think that he may felt that coming out of prison now wasn't really the best thing for his safety I think that might be true and so maybe he might do something smaller not as serious as um, murder to be placed back in prison I think that's an option for him at the moment but we will have to wait and see so that's my feelings and as you know I've got a lot of feelings on this man and they, none of them are nice none of them are nice so anyway, I want to go back now 
just to about this indecent exposure and this is now as we come in now forget Colin let's now move on to um, Sarah Everard's case and Wayne Cousins now police logged over 10,000 indecent exposure cases fewer than 600 of them reached the court now <laughs> um, this is England and Wales figures there's like an epidemic of flashing going on now is it to do with stress you know we've had a lockdown we've had people lose their jobs we've had this that and the other you know um, abuses against children have gone up by loads thousands of percent you know um, domestic violence has gone up everything's gone up so why wouldn't we think that flashing or indecent images have gone up it's gone up a lot which is a real worry isn't it because when we think that that might be an escalation to something else that you know more serious down the line or is it something that that maybe do that these predators do in between these crimes because they can't get to people do you see what i mean it's a really big problem here now so there was allegations and i've said against wayne cousins um i think right back from i think 2013 2015 but also way way back further than that when he was in his 20s he was seeing or had a relationship with a 14 year old a long term so you can see you know there's things with this man a few days before i think he was um arrested he had some things at um mcdonald's where he'd exposed himself i think on one of the exposures that he did in 2015 was he was driving naked from the waist down now i mean what did he do <laughs> did he get in his car dressed Right, so he's left home. See you later, love. I'm going to work because this man was married with two kids. Right, so he's got in his car. Was he drove around the corner, took his clothes off, the bottom half? This is a serving police officer and driving along. I mean, all right, you, you couldn't see everything which was just in a standard cop. You could see, you know, if you're in a bus or you're in something or, you know, a little bit higher up, a lorry or whatever, you're sitting there driving naked from the waist down now that you know this is a strange one isn't it really listen this man should have been looked at for this it should have been anyway so all these findings come out after Wayne Cousins was reported for repeated instances of alleged got to say alleged indecent exposure in the years and days before he raped and murdered Sarah Everard right so this is now the figures that are coming out I don't know why now it's only took them figures to come out because people are looking now people are saying hang on a minute what's going on and this is what's going on now police said they may have accepted that there may have been or they may have had enough evidence or enough clues to identify the police officer as he um, <laughs> was a threat to women sooner but they didn't bother they had this um, reports coming in they had the license number and did they look at the license number and think it was um, oh the police officer won't bother with that because obviously that's not you know going to happen now you think when you you know and maybe they didn't even know who this police officer was but his colleagues certainly knew him because you know calling him the rapist and all that and we can talk about this a little while longer so could he have been stopped this was only a few days wasn't it before he murdered Sarah you know, or two days before he murdered Sarah. Could he have been stopped? Should they have stopped him sooner? Should we take more seriously 
this, you know, indecent exposure. Because maybe if we had have, Sarah may still have been alive. Because this man may then have been caught. He wouldn't have then dared go out, would he, and kill someone? Because he would have been caught and he would have been investigated, you know. And, um, you know, and I, I, and they are saying now, and, and, and the papers are saying, and everyone else that's looking at now this, this statistics and what's going on, is this now a gateway to other sex crimes? Yes. Absolutely, it has been for years. But only now is it really coming in to the light where we can actually maybe something may be done so listen one in ten women have been subject to indecent indecent exposure more than uh, 113,000 last year according to the uh, office of national statistics and the crime survey uh, survey of england and wales now police records show that 10,775 cases of exposure and voyeurism uh, in this year of March 2020, um, while just 594 suspects were taken to call, resulting in 435 guilty verdicts. And that is the Ministry of Justice figures for 2020. God knows what they're going to be like now. So, Mystic has updated, hasn't she, now um, what you should do if you are now stopped by a um, plainclothes police officer. Because remember I said in my last video that, you know, God, you've got to stand there, scrap, shout, um, try and ring someone, you know, run away, really, you know, because if you're not sure this is a police officer or not, okay, we all know that was absolute bloody nonsense that the Met Police and this woman put out to tell us what to do. And to tell you the truth, why should be the onus put on us? Right? Why should it? Why should be us? Why should we be the ones that risk, you know, uh, being charged with resisting arrest? Why should be, we be the ones that are knocking on someone's door to try and get help when you've got a police officer that no one's going to believe you you're running away from, to tell you the truth, because he's got his warrant card. This wasn't a fake police officer, this was a real one. So then we're going to flag down a bus in London, you're going to try and get your phone out. The minute you're arrested, you ain't using that phone. I mean, this, this woman should have known their own police rules. I'm, you know, you're getting arrested, hang on a minute, let me just ring up. They're going to say, no, you're under arrest. You can't ring up. Like, you can't take any medication, you can't do this, you can't do that. Because now, once you're arrested, right, you are now in their control, juice of care, lies with them. So there's a lot of things you can and can't do. So are you going to risk having a criminal record because you want to try and escape a police officer that may be arresting you legally? Because um, he's a serving police officer. So... I don't know. So that had to all change. Now they've come out with, okay, serving police officers, really, plainclothes ones, shouldn't be working on their own. They should be in twos. Okay, that's great. Now they're saying is, if you are arrested, the police now, the, the uh, plainclothes officer, will have on his phone, ring up the police station, where you will have, right, uh, someone in uniform that says to yes, this is a real arrest. Okay, it's better than we had, isn't it, I suppose? 
to, sh to you know, it's better than we had. Um, and we have to see how that goes. But I'll tell you now, if you try and ring a police here and you're waiting for the police to come and it's really non-emergency or whatever, you know, for them to even answer the call and take ages, they're going to turn up at your house probably three, four hours later. I mean, this is what's going on. One, we haven't got enough police officers anyway on our streets to protect us anyway from perpetrators like this, let alone the police or the Met saying that they had to, you know, sort of not um, do all the checks and that to move this man up because they were shortage of Met police officers. Listen, if we haven't got police officers that's going to do a good job, they shouldn't be police officers at all. So the 12 that was, you know, mates with this one that called him the rapist and everything, you know, this man's colleagues, they should be gone. I think we can find 12 decent people that would want to be police officers, serve this country, you know, uh, better than the ones that they've got on their books at the moment. But I must say, Right, I feel at the moment, because it always looks like I'm slating the police, and I'm not. I'm not. I really don't mean to. I think, yes, in this case, we've had to say what's gone on, but I think what we must do is say that at the moment they've been very transparent with what's going on. I, I do believe that they're trying to be more transparent with the public because the public have just about had enough. And I think we have to praise the officers, actually, that done the investigation into... Uh, Sarah's case because they really done a great job they let nothing stand in their way they didn't let anything stand in their way especially that he was a serving police officer so listen these officers got to be you know commended for a job well done really because this was start to finish this case was done within six months and that's only down to the investigation team really these police officers that really investigated this case. So I do give credit where credit is due and it is definitely due for them and I'm so glad that the Metropolitan Police has changed its way of thinking around you know how we as public should be treated when especially if you're a single person woman on your own and you are approached by now a detective or someone in um, uh, an officer who is in plain clothes on their own um, they shouldn't be, they should be in twos, but if on that odd occasion that they may be, then this is what's going to happen, is that you are then going to have your, um, you're going to speak to uh, an, an officer in uniform from the local police station. Thank God some sort of normal advice is coming out. Okay, as you can see that I have also put on there Lee Boxall's case, and what's coming out this Friday, as I said before, is Kevin Hicks and um, Rhys Collins case. It is a graphic case, so read the, the, you know, the warning about that case, and there is trigger warnings in there as well for you. And we will be discussing them cases in more detail on next week, Murder Morning and more. So thank you for your questions. You know what to do. You know what to do. You can... Um, Subscribe if you would like at any point. You can put the thumbs up. You can hit the bell button to get notifications of next cases coming out. I'm so happy that we're back. Catch up with you on um, Facebook and you can look at any clips that's coming up. It's been really good and it's been really good to be back for this first Murder Mornings. I hope you've enjoyed it. Speak to you all soon. Till the next time. Bye-bye.